This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much. Submariner first class with stripe. Cedric S. Ben Sump. A.O. torching the blindside blue paper once again. Yes, that's the sound of the Sumpster. Camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ, Australia. Welcome to the bludge. H.G. Nelson opening today for another set of seven and what a week, what an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough. Straight to the greatest game of all, Rugby League. And uh, 2023 round four was shot out of a cannon exploding across the nation last weekend like a nuclear bomb. That's how I saw it, a nuclear bomb, a nuclear, a nuclear device. Uh, excitement, unbelievable excitement, unprecedented excitement for mine. So many big issues emerged as we sheltered under the mushroom-shaped cloud all week. Last Saturday night, Sats, I believe Sats was in the house. I felt definitely that there was an extra person playing for the rabbits, and that extra person was John Sattler. The rabbits snared a golden point win to put away the hated Manly Sea Eagles in obviously a match for Sats, and everything that Sats stood for, tune, 13 to 12, golden point. And I've never heard the South theme song, Glory, Glory, I'm a Rabbit, sound better than post-hooter at Acor when the club owner Rusty stepped up to lead the faithful in song. It was an old-fashioned Southern-style revivalist session that went on for 30 minutes, and a normally taciturn tech-head, Mike Cannon-Brooks, who's a mad rabbits person, was left spellbound by the game and was moved by the occasion to clear through a, a, a bucket of tears after the win. This is a quote from one of our senior, our senior uh, Silicon Valley people. South Sydney isn't a club, mate, it's a religion. This was awesome. You couldn't have scripted it better. They, they, there were tears in the sheds on Satch's night. It was beautiful. How about that? South Sydney isn't a club, it's a religion. That's what we've been saying well, I, let me start differently. That puts the whole comp into perspective. It's not a club, it's a religion. It's what we've been saying here on The Bludge for years. We, uh, unfortunately, have highlighted the redemptive power of rugby league at the expense of other features of the religion. You know, the communion, the uh, christening, the, well, the, obviously the, uh, the farewells and so on. But it's a religion, all right. It's a religion, all right. Wherever you're looking, with Easter coming up, I think Easter starts on, you know, Easter Thursday, then Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if you haven't followed it, that's the, it's the old and trusted method. But uh, I, I, oh, I just can't, I've just got to pause and think about Easter and now rugby league. I mean, I've mercifully got a few days to do that. And uh, as you know, I am really critical of the NRL and what Peter Volandis has done for the caper. Now, remember Peter Volandis was the last foreign dignitary to dine with the Queen. 
Uh, I mean, that, that's a feather they can't take from his trousers. And there were some fantastic April Fool's gags uh, earlier today. Notice I said earlier today, I know I'm conscious that it's after midday, I can't be creating new April Fool's gags. I'm referring to ones that already happened. He's going to take over Victorian racing. That was very, very funny. Went over very well at Flemington. He's going to take over Bunnings, uh, which is a great get for a person who knows how to, you know, put the tools into back on the rack when needed. He's got the TAB under control. That was a big shock to uh, TAB uh, in both Melbourne and uh, Sydney. But uh, so that's the, they were very funny, very funny gets. Uh, but there was a major opportunity lost this week to promote the game to an international audience when Barack Obama, I think he was the 44th president of America. I may be wrong about that, but when he lobbed into town for a timely spray, the president loves his sport and could have slipped into a rabbit's jumper and be run round at Tom Burgess's place uh, for some, some action snaps. I mean, uh, let's uh, face it, Tom could have told Barack all about sats and the events of last Saturday night and, you know, the Golden Point, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and then wandered down for some action snaps in the local park. Tom could have been snapped, showing the president how to pass, how to line up a kick, how to make a breaker, et cetera, et cetera. It would not have been a big ask, no, you know, no big burden. What a better way to get the Coachwood and Myrtle religion onto the world stage. And Parramatta have declared that they're on the lookout for a new fullback with an X Factor. I thought they had a fullback with an X Factor, King Gutho. But to call me Gagai, how must the King be feeling knowing that the club's trying to sell him the dump? I mean, this is they've got a few matches to go yet before they're completely out of contention. I think if they lose the next six, you could write them off for the year. But they, they, they've got some winnable matches coming up, the Eels, and to know that, that by the end, Gutho won't be there. Well, I mean, you know, that's the nature of religion, though, isn't it? It does give you a pause for thought about how you want to get involved or how deeply you want to get involved. And speaking of player movements, Bulldog Supremo, Gus Gould, and this has been widely reported in the paper, especially in America, where they love rugby league, uh, says rugby convert and current rooster Joe Suale should leave now and not let the back door hit his ass on the way out. I mean, that's, that's rugby league talk, isn't it? You understand what he means. And, you know, isn't it great to have, uh, you know, a war of words erupting uh, in rugby league and rugby union, because let's face it, rugby league is going great on the paddock. Now it's got to get its off paddock game together. And that means feuding, feuding and hatreds. And that was a great contribution. This has sparked a war of words uh, with other top minds in the greatest game of all. And that's our talkback topic, a one hour talkback topics this week. Should Big Joe go now? All we want is yes or no. Don't, don't gild the lily. We understand yes or no. It'll set you up nicely. And this week's ranks of the NRL gas, gas bags. And there are a few gas bags. I don't want to name names here, but we are blessed. We're living through a golden age. We're swollen when the cheese, Brandon Smith, stepped up to the plate for some lively comments. Uh, the cheese has made Sydney his home now that he's moved up from the storm and uh, he's really doing great things for the roosters. And I think the whole roosters polish is starting to emerge. His thoughts on Joe Suwale leaving uh, rugby, sorry, league for rugby. Well, the gold Gonzola is thinking that the old gold fruit and nut lolly should have been spent on grassroots rugby, rugby and he's not alone. He's not alone. Many others have suggested that. The Gouda chimed in on the Ryan Madison imbroglio, saying he would have copped the fine and swerved past the weeks on the pine. Incidentally, the Camembert believes, as many do, that Big Joe will be back in NRL before long. And this seems to be a popular theme. They can come and go, we don't care, eventually they'll turn back up at league because that's the greatest game of all. I think that's to paraphrase the comment of many in the rugby league community. And the origin question looms. Uh, you know, should he be allowed to play origin? I know 
Uh, Freddie's got him on his list. Incidentally, aren't we blessed at the moment, as I said a couple of minutes ago, with the quality and insight of our top league gas baggers and talking scones? I mean, they do a tremendous job week in, week out. They don't get any... They're not looking for big tickets or big raps. They get do a tremendous job. And within hours of New South Wales Labor being sworn in, calls for new stadiums too loud to ignore were heard right across the state. It looks as though new venues will now be built in Penrith, Cronulla, Manly, and at last... At last, there is substantial movement of Watsford Oval. Apparently, the keys have been found to the safe that will enable um, the local community and the Watsford Oval Rebuild Committee to get their hands on 750,000 large. The Volandi's aim, obviously, is to have everybody in the state living within 100 metres of a 50,000-seat stadium by 2025. Speaking of stadiums, is the big dance on the move to Melbourne? This is about the only bargaining chip Volandi's has in this conversation with the state government. If you don't give us the money, we'll take the... Ah, well, give away. No, we won't. We'll sell the big dance to whoever wants it. Nothing would surprise with Volandis at the helm now that he's got that Bunnings job sewn up. So many questions. At least we have the rest of the season to find answers. Incidentally, boxing. Now, I declared it dead last week. The This is the GAL v SBW. Uh, but this week there appeared to be some movement, but I did not see smoke indicating a deal had been done emerging from the DC chimney. So the jury's still out. F1, obviously big weekend in Melbourne with the F1. And Aussie ace Oscar Piastri is now being mentioned. Wait for it. This is shock a lot of people. I hope you're sitting down in the same breath as Verstappen. It's a development in motorsport I don't like and I don't support. The AFL has descended into chaos this week with the lights going out at the Gabba mid-game. I mean... And now no one seems to know when the game actually stops. Uh, this is the uh, North Frio match where the ball seemed to go out of bounds deliberately before the siren, but then it was explained that the umpires, the timekeepers and the public all hear the siren at a different time. Now, let's face it, you know, the speed of sound is about 1,000 kilometres per hour. Uh, so draw your own conclusions and give you an idea of how far away the crowd is from the siren, the hooter at the, uh, you know, that uh, Optus Oval in Perth or wherever this match was played. I think it was Optus Oval in Perth. I mean, they must be about 50,000 kilometres away. Elsewhere, still no news on the Cenotaph Oval built in Hobart. Uh, this is what happens when bigwigs like the murderer stay too long. And again, I repeat, stay too long. Uh, teasing out their farewell rip around. It appears, it appears this one could last decades. They take their eye off the ball and suddenly the whole schmozzle has the waft of another episode of Midsummer Murders. Uh, then, uh, obviously, the Sydney Hawthorne fiasco, well, that was the rock bottom from the Hawks, uh, had knowledgeable, knowledgeable Hawks observers describing the current Hawthorne lineup as the worst in seven decades. That's right, the worst Hawthorne lineup in seven decades. A big call because there have been some really dud wee and poo teams over the journey. And what about those tars? Speaking of duds, now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask a man who is the voice of hope to step up for a spray. This week, the voice of hope in these dark and stormy times is fully focused on the cost of living crisis. And can I just point out, coffee. Don't get me started. The voice of hope belongs to the activated one rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, happy rugby league. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? 46, I'm Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson. And ha happy rugby league, of course, to you and, of course, to your family, H.G. And happy rugby league to uh, all decent hard-working, honest-as-the-day-is-long, genuine Aussies 
yearning for the days of autumn dreams. Oh, those days. Will ye no come back again? They might, if we have hope in our hearts. Mm. Now, the Australian Olympic Committee, uh, John Coates and co., has called for a $2 billion injection into Australian sport. And uh, James Tompkins agrees. And when James Tompkins, Tompkins speaks, I always listen. Are you I... supporting this, Roy? $2 billion, do you think it's enough? It's nowhere near enough. Thanks. I would have thought an absolute minimum $2 billion, when you think about it. And that's for athletics alone. That Well, let's, let's divvy it up if we wish. But I would have thought $100 million would be closer to the mark uh, 100 billion, I think. Well, 100 billion. Yeah, Sorry, did yeah. I say 100 million? 100 million was not going to touch the side. 100 billion at least if we're going to take the Olympics and sport seriously in this country. Can I mean, I just with the new out. Albanese Sorry. government, here's the opportunity to lay down a plan and say, all right, yes, we take submarines seriously. And we take sports seriously. Now, if the submarines get, what is it, 330 or 380 billion? Surely sport can match that dollar for dollar. Yes. Well, the government can dollar for dollar. And then you've got your tax cuts, your third-level tax sure. cuts. I mean, third-level tax cuts, brilliant, I'm all for it. There wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a, a decent Aussie. Fair dinkum. A fair dinkum, decent Aussie. With hope in their hearts and dreams of autumn, all of that. And cheaper coffee. Who would disagree with a dollar for dollar submarine sport allocation from the federal government. There wouldn't be. I'm telling you now, that's a fact. I've been talking to kids, talking to parents, talking to people throughout the whole region this whole week, and that's the feedback I'm getting. I'm not making this up. I mean, why would I? It's not in my interest. Not at all. I'm just speaking on behalf of decent Aussies who Who, want to see something seriously done about Australian sport, who can see the backsides out of its trousers at the moment. Yeah. And it's not an edifying sight. It's not an edifying sight at all. No. Don't get me started I mean, on nudity. I, I don't want to see sport on its knees begging. Yeah. But that's what we're looking at. Mm. Mm. Begging. Western Australia wins the Sheffield Shield. Very mm. successful teams coming out of the West at the moment. Fremantle Dockers. Put it down to, to, uh, to Langer. I suppose we can in a little bit. Oh, I would. With, uh, but uh, Voges, I mean, there's a whole list of... Very, there's a revolution going A revolution on. happening in Western Australia that we can't ignore. Mm. Uh, Cricket Australia's been trying to ignore it for a hell of a long time, but I think don't think they can anymore. Uh, and playing the Sheffield Shield final mid- midway through the uh, rugby league season was a triumph. It was an absolute triumph. So it much focus. pulled a lot of heads, yes, didn't it? exactly. Pulled a lot of heads. So many kids talking Sheffield Shield for the first time. Because uh, back in the day, Sheffield Shield was, I mean... You, was couldn't, the, you couldn't get away. For, it nah. was the conversation of the week every week, wasn't it? Yes. Well, isn't it good to have Sheffield Shield back? Back where it belongs. Centre stage. Take a bow, Sheffield Shield. Thanks for all you've done. Look forward to you coming back, supporting our autumn dreams. And cheaper coffee. <sighs> Don't get me started on coffee. Meg Lanning wins the orange cap as the WIPL's Leading run scorer. What a terrific uh, competition Meg had. Marvellous Meg. But she was very disappointed, of course, to lose in the final. I think it might have been to the uh, Mumbai Indians, I think, from memory. 
Uh, now, concussion appears to be becoming an issue for the Super Netball. Uh, there were a couple of concussions last weekend, serious ones, and uh, protocols are now being developed, not only locally, but I believe internationally. International uh, concussion protocols for netball. I think uh, there's going to be 11 day suspension cooling of activity off. or cooling off, yes, to begin with. And I think this is in lockstep with the rugby league. It's a mainly clash of heads, yeah. elbows. Oh, and falling to the floor. Falling ah, to the falling ground to the ground and hitting yeah, your head sure. when you hit that. That yeah, happens yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And the goalpost, probably. Yes, probably. Mm. Probably. Uh, now, the Swifts v Adelaide game, speaking of netball, was stopped because the playing surface was uh, deemed as being too dangerous. There were plastic, large plastic decals on the uh, playing surface, which were very, very slippery. I mean, I, who thinks these things through? Eh? Who would put a big plastic decal? I mean, especially with concussion being an issue at the moment. I mean, people were just slipping. Over, so the game had to be stopped. The decals had to be lifted up. And then there was a blackout to echo and mirror the blackout you were talking about earlier mm. uh, with the AFL. Mm. I mean, what is happening with... Administration of Administration sport. of sport in Australia. Mm. I mean, it's crying out for... I mean, Re- it's on its knees, begging, yeah. with the backside out of its trousers. Royal I Commission. Before. Royal Commission. But I think, well, I, we're beyond that. <laughs> we're beyond the Royal Commission. Uh, and, of course, the match was declared as being drawn because... No one could win. No one could, no one could win because no one could see. Mm. And then it became dangerous with people trying to leave the venue in the dark, tripping over, falling downstairs, no more concussion, you know. Just dreadful. Tennis Australia unveils a plan to take Australia back to number the number one tennis nation in, in the world. Were there any elements of that plan announced? None. None. I believe it involves a centre of excellence somewhere in Queensland. Now, I'm all for a centre of excellence, and I don't mind if it's in Queensland. That's fine by me. Uh, I wouldn't mind where the centre is. No, no, no. I assume it's going to be one of those centres of excellence of which I approve. Without a tennis court or with a tennis court? Uh, With a tennis court, of course, but with what I'd call uh, a multi-noduled centre of excellence. So you can have a nodule Ah, in in New South Wales, a nodule, anywhere you wish. Wherever there's a court... There's a nodule of the centre of excellence. Now, can I point out, you're a big advocate for the return of courts. Mm-hmm. The number of courts we had in Australia some time ago, yes. I'm not quite sure when you suggest, yeah. but let's say yeah. about 1955, sure, yeah. when we dominated the world, we was did. because we had a lot of tennis courts. We now we've got no tennis courts. They're all flats yeah. or apartment blocks or houses. Well, no, there were, well, there were tennis courts provided by the council for free. Yeah. Uh, these were now privatised. And, uh, you know, professionals, coaches, et cetera, et cetera, have taken over these courts and are now charging money, good money, for people to play tennis. Mm. And that can be a bit off-putting for parents. parents who are with, struggling with the price of coffee. With, exactly. Exactly. But can they afford tennis? Because you can pay up to $10, $15 an hour. What? To, for court hire. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, it can be more than that. Now, my solution, and I've mentioned this to one of the nodules of the Centre of Excellence coming out of Queensland, would be to, uh, I see so many what are called private courts, courts in backyards, in some of the more uh, affluent areas areas throughout the country, 
And often these courts are never used. Mm. Now, I'm, uh, I've uh, mentioned this to many local governments in the Local Government Association, and uh, I acknowledge the great work that the Local Government Association does across Australia. And I thank them for inviting me to speak with them this week. We had a very good time. And I suggested to them that uh, if a court, private court, is not used once a week, then the ownership is foregone and it becomes public property and that court becomes a public court for anyone who wants to wander in and use it. You have a right of passage or an easement that can be used uh, by any passing member of the public who has a racket and a set of balls and wants a hit. That's an incredible revolutionary idea. I think it is. How did that go over with local government people? Uh, uh, Applause. Yeah. Now, can I also suggest that there should be an online site? Yes. If you were public-spirited enough and owned a court and didn't want to have yours taken over by the local government area in your area, that you should list your court on the site and times available. Yes. So you had a booking sheet. Let's say you lived at uh, 21 Moon Tuna South. Yes. Then your court would be listed there and there'd be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure. You know, broken up into hours. Well, it'll come obviously. to that. You know, I've spoken to the Google Maps people. Yeah. Are they interested? They're very interested and they, uh, it's easy to devise uh, a means whereby you can identify through Google Maps where every private court is in Australia and uh, make inquiries to see whether that court is being used or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I would suggest that we have local volunteers in every town and every suburb that can keep an eye and scrutinise these courts. And if a court does go for seven days without being used once, then that, that court is then Gone. reported, yeah. reported to the local council. Local council then take over that court. And as you say, the times are listed of availability uh, on the local Tennis Centre of Excellence website. I mean, I mean, it's not hard to find solutions, isn't it? You've just got to identify the problem. Once you've identified the problem, then Solu- solutions... Suggest themselves. They do. We live in a modern world. We do. We do. We do. We do. And once again, could I just acknowledge the terrific work that the Local Council Association has been doing. Uh, now, Boris Becker, HG, this is what I'd describe as a cautionary tale. Boris Becker has given an extensive interview uh, where he explains how he blew his $185 million fortune (laughs) and finds himself in a jail cell in the United Kingdom. And uh, for anyone who uh, might have been aware or listened to Craig Field talking about the potholes in life, uh, it echoes those potholes very, very clearly. Uh, It was explained to me by Boris that Boris's problem was that he was in essentially a sex addict, addicted addicted to sex. And this can happen, of course, if it's allowed to... uh, Get out of control. Get out of control. And it did in the case of Boris, who was... uh, Unable. Not backwards in coming forwards. If the opportunity arose, be it in a cupboard in a restaurant or in the toilet in a plane or wherever, Mm -hmm. if the opportunity was there, off he'd shoot. Now, it would seem that in the various marriages that uh, Boris had over the years that often uh, children he was unaware of would emerge out of the woodwork, so to speak, (laughs) and uh, create considerable embarrassment for him and considerable economic pain. Mm -hmm. 
because the ensuing divorce uh, would cause economic pain, et cetera, et cetera. And this went on a number of times. So that that were the lessons of life. And it got me thinking, actually, just the, the way sport and fortune can dance awkwardly and sometimes in synchrony. When you uh, look at Gilly, you know, there's, there's yes. Gilly with that hidden fortune, that he the, didn't, the secret fortune he didn't know about, the jewellery and the gold bars in his 1920s house when he was restoring the chimney, and compared with Boris. Well, can, uh, I, I, mean, can I just put that on pause? Yes. Can I make two points? Mm. I think at the Tennis Centre of Excellence should explain the concept of contraception. Yes. Which obviously swerved past Boris. I mean, he sure. came to the top very, very young. 17. 17. 17 and won Wimbledon. And, you know, mm. that is a big magnet. Yes, it is. For people interested in dropping the togs. Yes. A yeah. win at Wimbledon. Now, contraception should be the next thing. Somebody should have set him aside and said, do you understand how yes. this works? You know, you do Well, this. I'm sure the now, uh, the Centre of Excellence people in Queensland... And every nodule should have... Available. Every nodule would have information... About that, contraception. ...that people, young players, could access about contraception and how to behave yourself as a tennis player in the modern world. Now, since you raised this, last week we suggested that Haim's first interview guest should be Phil Mickelson. Yes. Who lost, obviously... The 180 million or more. 200 million, I think, more than Boris. In three days. In three days, yes. Now, second interview for Haim. Next mm. week, he mm. says at the end, you know, mm. obviously... Yes. Thanks for joining us on Haim. Yes. Next week on Haim, we'll have Boris Becker. Talking oh. about how he lost. Well, I don't know if you can access Boris well, in his current I, I, circumstances. I'm hoping Zoom would come into our... Oh, well, you'd have to negotiate oh, with, the, with, with the... Oh, with HMH uh, prisoners. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. I don't know where he is. Dart, Dartmore? <laughs> Maybe he's there. I don't well, know. Speak the scrubs. Speak, reach out. <laughs> yeah, reach out. Reach out. People, to the, people have known. <laughs> that's right. But contraception, it's a tricky thing it if is you don't have any thing. idea about it. Yes. Uh, but often, you know, young players are in a state of mind where they don't think of those no, things. No, I they, understand. Just I take just them, to, oh, yeah, they yeah. just fall in love. And, I know. And, and love is a great barrier often to common sense and contraception, it would seem. And remember, of course, we've had a lot of success and yes. we're expecting a Logie for this show this year is Married at First Flush. That's right. Rugby league show, yes. dating show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the Socceroos, they went down again. I mean, they were terribly unconvincing, <laughs> weren't they? I mean, the expectation was so great. I mean, we bashed up Ecuador so easily last week. You know, was it, 3-1 or something? And they came back and did us 2-1. I mean, it's what is going on? I mean, it's not as if Arnold was experimenting with some kids who never played before no. to see if they had anything. No, no, it was a regular team of players who'd played before. You know, they were seemingly and on paper professional, but they certainly didn't behave that way out in the middle. No, I think Ecuador, yes. given their due... Mm. We're a bit disappointed with round one. Well, they would have been. <laughs> Obviously. Yes, being bashed up by, by the Socceroos. 3-1. 3-1, yeah. And the papers at home were unforgiving, mm. uh, or the media at home was unforgiving, and yeah. online, of course, it was a cesspit in Spanish, uh, if I've got the right language. Yeah, and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, people spoke, and yeah. so they improved performance. Uh, wonderful week, of course, for the greatest game of all. Uh, you've mentioned Gus Gould, of course, and the uh, Joseph Swalee incident. I just hope we don't have what I'd call an outbreak of a code war. Code wars. No, there are good. no winners. No winners. There no. are no winners in a code war. No. Tears before bedtime. Yes, e exactly. Exactly. My only disappointment with uh, young Joseph Sualihi is that he would appear not to have what I'd call rugby league in his heart. Whoa, that's it, a big call. It is, isn't it? 
I mean, I mean, if you have a rugby league heart, you don't run off and play rugby union. You don't. Are Often you? you see people playing rugby union who have a rugby league heart, and they end up playing rugby league. Look at uh, Sticky Stewart. There he was, a wallaby, but with a rugby league heart, uh, beating loudly. Uh, can I ask, are you suggesting money may be in the heart? Oh, well, I'm sure it's... Yeah, uh, I'm sure that's got something to do with it. I'm not criticising No, the you can't criticise the No, of course, they've got to go where the cash is. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Grub Reynolds, is she back at the kennel after six years? Good to have the grub back. Uh, and if anyone can really... Acceler- accelerate the going forwardness that we're seeing from the kennel at the moment with the Bulldogs. Uh, Grub, Grenel- Grub Reynolds is going to be the guy to do it. Oh, I know. It's terrific. He's an, ins- he's an inspirational figure to have in a team. A bit like Terry Lamb was. You know, you look around, you want something to happen, you know, there's someone on the other playing side. Playing well. Playing well that you want hammered. You look to Barr, and of course Barr didn't let anyone down. I don't think the Grub will either. Are you worried about player movements in rugby league? I noticed, uh, for instance, the St- most of the St George team are off contract at the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, You've and, got Gutho's and very few over. of them have enjoyed playing at St George, it would seem. Mm. So uh, I don't know what happened to the Gould Inquiry into St George. Still waiting for it, Gus. Right, well, in all fairness, though, it's not up to Gus to release it. It's up to the St George Football Club to release it. Indeed and they're it refusing to do so. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the results of, you know, there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I tell you what, there's more than fire there. There's a bloody bomb going off. Uh, Jack Whiten has opted to uh, go onto the open market. How much sticky feel? How much sticky feel? I mean, there's Jack Whiten. He's been a stalled. He's been there some time. For a long time, all his life. He's had enough. He's listened to stick for just too long. It, I know it, it's hard to believe, but I guess stick could wear you out. It, I think stick could with his... Yeah. It wasn't us it out wasn't there. It wasn't us enough. out there, yeah. Well, who was it? Yeah. Now, is she referee's boss, Graham Annesley, yes. whom, whom I have an enormous amount of respect oh, for. I do too. Enormous I do too. amount. Yeah, I do too. Now, he's admitted that there have been some poor forward pass decisions this season, and they have. It's been appalling. I've got to say, can I finger one match? Yeah. South v Manly? Oh, shocking. It was just... Just shocking. It was just bizarre. Yes. Yeah. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But what has disturbed me from Graham Annesley is that he is. He went on to say that, in my view, disturbingly, uh, that with some decisions there's no right or wrong answer. But what does that mean? What does that mean? It's up to an umpire to be an arbiter, to say this is right, this is wrong. I mean, if that's gone, if there is no right or wrong, then we don't have a game. And if we don't have a game... We don't have life. We don't have rugby league. We don't have rugby league. And we don't have any days of autumn dreams. Make of that what you will. Common question. Where did Julian O'Neill meet Slossy Shoe? Julian O'Neill admitted to defecating in Jeremy Sloss's shoe in Dubbo. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, now, Roy, that Annesley admission, Mm. there's no right or wrong. Does that apply by extension to all rules in rugby league? For instance, I'll give you an example. The people being sent to the bin for not getting back 10, which happened in the Eels match the other night, or maybe even, in fact, in the match last (laughs) night. Uh, Is that right or wrong? Yeah, well. Do you understand what I mean? I do. I do. If there's no right or wrong. I mean, where do we go? See, I would prefer the administration of rugby league say, we got that wrong. Yeah. 
that decision was wrong. Not yeah. every decision's right or wrong. Right. I mean, that opens it up to yeah. people going, running riot. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a recipe for anarchy is what you're saying. A suggesting. recipe for anarchy, that's and right. And what rugby league doesn't need at this time is anarchy. Now We, we can't... don't. We've got to restore order. We've got to have more... <laughs> reintroduce respect for the whistle. But the whistle's got to earn respect. That's the difficult thing, isn't it? Beautifully put. Now, is this something, a long-held view of Annesley's, or is this just some recent conversion this week? We can't get it right or wrong. I better tell everybody, hey, guys, girls. Look, it it struck me as when when he said it that he was being absolutely frank and honest, that it it is his genuine view that some decisions cannot be ruled upon because they're neither right nor wrong. But hang on a minute. I know. I know. Where do you go with that? I mean, the press was baffled. Nobody could, there were no follow-up questions. There was just silence. Jaws hitting floor. That was the only sound. And then he said, oh, well, that's it. I'll, I'll go now. So he left the room and the press Gathering, waddled out. waddled out in silence. Scratching their heads. Yes. Looking at the words and see, well, that's exactly what he said, yeah. Nothing's right or wrong. Well, <clears throat> so 40-20, neither right nor wrong. Yeah. Might have been 41 or it might have been 39. Might have been 39.7. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I would have thought. See, that... until we have ball tracking. Yeah. Until we have some device inside the ball that gives us, you know, yeah. that can be read by AI or can be read by, a, you know, a dog on the sideline or it doesn't matter who's reading it, someone we can trust, we can turn to that can see the difference between right and wrong. Okay, let's take AI for a minute. Surely this is a problem that AI is already solved. It's mm. just that we can't implement it in because mm. we're not sure that we can allow AI into the game of rugby league where humans Who's have... saying we can't allow well, AI, AI into rugby mm. league? Has anyone ever put that question to Volandis? Mm. See, Volandis is right up behind the dogs, by the way. The is dogs he? on the sideline. Good, yeah, good. Which well, I that's a start. It is a start. I mean, well, are we asking... step one, dogs, step yeah. two, AI. Yeah. Are we asking the dogs to do too much? I mean, they're sniffing concussion. They've got the forward pass to worry about. They've got the 40 20s to worry about. And yeah. obviously, you know, stepping into touch, et cetera. Sure. I mean, it's sure. a big load for a dog to pick up straight away. Yeah. I know these dogs are very yeah. uh, highly trained. Well, and... some dogs love work, like a Kelpie, oh, for true. example. True. A Kelpie. Uh, a Kelpie loves a challenge, uh, and it's a different. Speak to any Kelpie owner. You've got to keep them involved. You've got to keep them entertained. You've got to set them challenges. Find jobs, yeah. Find jobs for them. Yeah. If not, they just go bananas and yeah. drive you nuts. Yeah, chew the furniture. Chew the furniture. They do. They do. So I would suggest Kelpies would be a good place to start for your rugby league referee would, dog. Would you? <laughs> Uh, suggests that this comment of Annesley mm-hmm. kicks away the struts that have supported rugby league since yes. 1908? Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know why you I've never heard a more serious existential yes. statement yes. or threatening statement to rugby league. Now, we've that. got two existential problems with rugby league. We've concussion, got concussion. Yes. And now we've got Annesley saying Annesley, yes. the rules don't make sense. No. Is that roughly what you're saying? Well, I don't know about make sense, but it's just that certain... They never made sense. Well, it's it's a game. What is it saying? When it comes to a forward pass, because the player's moving forward, the ball is going forward, it's got to be backwards out of the hands, the wind can move it forward. I mean, as as long as it's backward out of the hands, then it's okay. 
But how far has it got to go backwards out of the hands? Two inches, one centimetre, one millimetre, half a millimetre, a micrometre? I mean, where do we begin and end? Australians, sadly, some of us are aware of those among us who have lost the rugby league faith. They need our help. Report them to the National Rugby League and a fully professional intervention team will enact a strategy. This is a free service. Remember, to lose the taste of rugby league is to lose the taste for life. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, <clears throat> just on the text here, HG, yes. someone suggests you, or Max is wondering whether... Edo's commemorative $2 dump coin be on display at the Australian Tennis Centre of Excellence? I'd say yes. Oh, well, obviously, all the memorabilia we can get there because what I'm imagining is a corridor out the front so as people get inspired as they walk past photos a little ah. late and, you know, maybe a headband that, yes. you know, uh, Pat Cash wore, I've got the right one. Yeah, yeah. Pat Cash yeah. or the shoes that uh, Paddy Rafter wore or, yeah. and so on as they proceed out to have a hit. Yes. And I think, oh, almighty, yeah. look at look these at heroes. That. Heroes. Yeah. Uh, Two dollar uh, coin. Uh, Max has also suggested maybe Boom Boo Becker could do some uh, some uh, advise, advisory work via Zoom into the sit. Well, I think that's an excellent. Well, that idea. was your suggestion. I think well, it's a good one. Uh, yes, and I think Hane, a pothole. He could talk potholes, couldn't he? You mean a euphemism like that, so as we don't scare younger people? Exactly. Mm. That is a big issue this week, scaring younger people, and I just hope this uh, some of our topics. I mean, I hopefully that parents are listening and can. Yeah put their hands over children's ears yeah. if we do stray into that area of scaring little kids. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want yeah. to do that. Now, uh, there was a religion promo at the start of that run of ads, mm -hmm. and it did make me think of the Canon Brooks comments about following South as a religion. All right. Now, I'm not sure how it works as a religion, though. You get your coach with Myrtle, obviously. You get your garb. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what to do on the weekend. You go out and see... People, yeah. you sing the song, the, the bit short on songs, the yeah. glory, glory, I'm a rabbit, yeah. uh, is, seems to be the only one. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's probably others, you know, they yeah. probably sing the songs that made rugby league famous. Sure. And then the faithful gather and they see the team win. Mm -hmm. What happens when it loses as it did last night? Is mm -hmm. that sort of considered, well, life's full of great moments and dud moments? Yeah. Is that how we see the religion of rabbits? I suppose so. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean... Religion comes down to faith. Faith, that's right, faith. Faith, and faith can be a blinding agent as well as an enlightening one. It's a curious thing, isn't it? Um, but if you believe in the faith of the South Sydney bunnies, the rabbitos, which I think is easy to do, mm -hmm. then you can occasionally be blinded by that. And so you would look at a game where Souths lose and you would say they were ripped off, that there was interference. Ah, forward pass. Yeah, well, well whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, the, the, the forces of darkness. Ah, right, I see what you mean. were involved. Yeah. Which we have to overcome. Which we have to overcome, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Now, we can overcome this by being more fervent in our beliefs. And how, do, how does this fervour express itself? Well, you gob off when you go to the next match and you see any of the officials who might have been involved in the game you thought the forces of darkness won in. What an elegant solution. But I think that's how it expresses yes. itself. Can I ask yeah. the sacraments, are, are you suggesting that rabbits, as in rabbits to eat, 
yeah. uh, become part of the religion that oh, you make. Oh, I hadn't thought <clears> of that. You know, because let's face it, that the making origin, a clothes prop. Making a clothes prop yes. would be the equivalent of I don't know, you know, a well significant part yeah. of you know any religious service, any yeah. religious sure practice. Yeah. Oh, oh, what you're looking for is a sort of the equivalent of the Hajj or something. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. So you make yourself a clothes prop and you you might make your own traps and catch a few bunnies. And that's how you... And maybe you wouldn't worry about Easter so much. You'd swerve past Easter because that had no significance for yeah. you. I don't know what the records are of rabbits winning at Easter time no or idea, not. No, no idea. idea. We could look no that idea. up. No idea. No idea. But grand final day would be, yes, the, exactly. the, the, be the, the highest day, yeah. wouldn't it? So 2014 yes. was a moment when everything came right. Yes. And, uh, you know, obviously players were hurt, but they kept on going. But yeah. you're triumphing over adversity, all that, that sort of stuff. It was just right. fantastic achievement. Yes. And now it's been a few lean years. That's right. Um, That's now... That's right. But, uh, but a faith like that, the only reason you take on a faith like that, HG, is to make you feel b- better, yeah. I- enlightened, uh, somewhere to turn in times of trouble so that if you're worried about the cost of coffee or the cost of living, as we are at the moment, uh, the state of, you know, the, the, the backside out of the trouser of sport in general in Australia, all of these things bearing down upon us, you know, climate change, etc. Et, 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 et. So you can turn to your faith in the bunnies and say to yourself, well, at least I've got, at least where's a match next week to look forward to, to give me a little bit of... And we're pretty sure we're all going to be here this time next week yes, to see them. Yes, Wow, what a great idea. Yeah. So the, the sun will rise tomorrow. The sun will rise Next time the bunnies run out and I'll be there because I believe and it gives me, it gives me the, 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 the reason to go on. Yeah. The reason yeah. to go on. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. That's what rugby league gives. That, that, that's what the religion of the bunnies or believing in any of your teams gives you. A reason to get up of a morning to look forward to you a, know, cup of coffee. a cup of coffee and then talk about your club. And then it's only four or five days until they'll be running out again and I can live through these four or five days knowing that I can be there to see the boys run out once more for me. If you were a fan suffering from rugby league denial syndrome, you are not alone. Just reach out to bludging on the blind side. Anything on the text line there, Roy, at all? Uh, look, I was going to report HG on the result of our talk back from last week. Oh, yes, excellent. Uh, the question was, does rugby league need a voice in cabinet? Uh, 100% yes. 100%. You don't often get 100%, do you, with anything these days? It's an excellent There's result. Nothing been clear. What's your, what's your um, uh, you know, catch in terms of how many people responded? Oh, I've got no idea. I yeah, know, I don't, I'm not interested in that sort of thing. You know, they just give me the, the, the result. Numbers. The raw the, No, yeah, they the don't result. give me the raw numbers. Sorry, they the they give me the percentage. Yeah. And, um, percentage. I, I'm not interested in anything else. Now, our, Any, our topic this week, HG, yes, is uh, are you happy with the way rugby league is being marketed overseas? Are you happy? And a simple yes, no? Yes or no, yeah. yeah. I, I don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, well, see, we to be frank, of... if someone's got ideas, I'm not interested in hearing them. They should be directed to Peter Volandis. And can I say, after our... Big chat about Ukraine last week. Yeah. I was wondering if we got any feedback at all concerning Russian rugby league. I mean, I don't want to. No, I haven't have heard anything. Not, not a peep out of Russian rugby league. Mm-hmm. They're probably not allowed to. No, they comment. wouldn't be allowed to, you know, yeah. s- you know, court no. content from us. No, no. 
Uh, no, no. And I don't think we're allowed to, I don't think we're broadcast, allowed to be broadcast in Russia at the moment. There's a ban on oh, flights in Russia. But, yeah, for sure. For sure. I wonder if other ABC radio programs are under that. Well, I don't know. No. I assume many, of, many of them would be. Yes. Some of the more, you know, left wing, left wing commo stuff, yeah. which you'd think they'd love. Yeah. Back in the day, they would love that Lapped sort of. it up. Lapped, Lapped, it, up. Lapped it up. Yes. yes. Oh, no, yeah. not these days. No. Oh, it's no. a sad world we live in, isn't it, when you can't it's get bizarre world. more in well, Russia. Well, nothing's right or wrong. No. <laughs> That's the most weirdest thing because I think, you know, Mark this time, mark this day at the end of rugby league. Somebody, somebody's got to come out and say something. Volandis, remember when Volandis came in, he said the only thing that'll happen is we won't be, with my administration, is we won't be talking about referees anymore. All we've done since Volandis has been in power yes. is talk about referees. Yeah, I know, I know. Referees, Not, referees. Yeah. But, um, but more disturbingly, HG, it's forced re- referees, many of them, to question what they're doing. I know. Big, big problem. Common question. Is it true that sickos are attracted to rugby league? No. According to the Australian Council of Psychologists, there are 18% fewer sickos playing rugby league than the national average. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, yes, uh, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side and uh, a very warm welcome to everybody in Queensland who might be joining us. Uh, and I think this is the last weekend where we'll have this, what I call a time divide, uh, because of daylight saving, the clock's going back uh, tonight. And yeah, so, tomorrow night, isn't it? 2am, I think, Sunday. Oh, sorry, yes. Tomorrow, 2am, they go back. That's it. Yes, as opposed to 2 o'clock today. Yeah. Uh, So Queensland, if you want to catch up with the first hour, which is terrific, a lot of Queensland content in the first hour. Oh, a lot. Yeah, almost all Queensland content. Well, the Centre of Excellence. Centre of Excellence. Centre of Excellence. Yeah, the Rugby League. Queensland, take a bow. (laughs) The 100,000 people targeting Queensland who learn how to play tennis and become world number ones. I don't know how that works when you've got 100,000 wanting to be world number one. It does sort of mean that... They'll have to take it in turns for a very short amount of time. Uh, but that t- if you want to know, uh, find out what you missed, then the podcast is the place to go. The podcast is the place to go at ABC Grandstand. Now, if you want to get involved with the show, 0467920222. That's 0467920222 is the text number. Old style, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And Roy, the following people have. Yes, Max, is, Max has been on the text all day today, HG. He says that uh, Russian Rugby League... Love the Broncos. Yeah, well, that doesn't well, surprise. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. I mean, who doesn't love the Broncos? <laughs> Unless you're a Dolphins fan. True, eh? true. Well, That's a great divide, isn't it? North Korea, Dolphins. Yeah. Mm. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're big. Kim big. Jong-un. Oh, yeah. Loves whole, his Dolphin freak. Oh, the whole family loves Really? Them. Yeah. Straight in. Whoa. Mm. They're hoping to organise a tour, a busload <laughs> down, come down from North Korea <laughs> to see right? one of the matches, yeah. It's big. Wow. This has come from uh, Pete in Redcliffe. He says... That's uh, Dolphin Territory. It is. He says, I'm starting to wonder if Arthur Beatsman, Arthur Beatson could uh, be eligible for sainthood. Ah, hmm. well. He says, as I strolled down Caxton Street for the first Dolphins game, I had my doubts, but walking past the Arthur Beatson statue, I swear I saw a tear coming from his right eye. And a wink in the left. He doesn't mention a wink, but if anyone else has seen a wink, just let us know. (coughs) 
He says, I took it as a sign and threw up a couple of Hail Marys to the big fella. After the first win, I thought it was a fluke. So I threw up a few more to Big Artie in the stands at KO Stadium and we won again. Mm -hmm. I've witnessed three dolphin miracles so far this year. They say you only need two to be considered for sainthood and if it wasn't for human error, uh, St Arthur would have delivered a fourth the other night. Can you let me know the Rugby League sainthood application process? Well, this fits into a theme of the show. We were yeah, talking faith. earlier about... Rugby League faith. Yeah, Rugby League faith, the bunnies, the rabbits, the The rabbits. I mean, Sats the... was a saint for the... Yeah, for the true. Wasn't he? Yeah. It, it was a, a miracle. He, saint. Miracle he played on with the busted jaw. With busted jaw. And won the flag. Yes. Now, right. I'm not sure about that, but Arthur, mm. obviously... Uh, Two miracles and obviously worthy works. Is that how, how we see it? I suppose so. I mean, we, we set our own rules, really, when it comes to rugby league miracles. That's true. Don't we? That's true. That's true. Oh. Now, uh, this has come from Dave. He says, happy rugby league to you and your families. Having been an irregular listener recently, I had a long and a long time fan. I've become concerned. Whilst listening to your March the 11th podcast... You reported an unexpected success by the Australian baseball team, the Southern Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was unaware of the name of this team, and upon hearing it, I was filled with joy and delight at the anticipation of an exploration of the origins of the name and the potential backdoor-related double entendres. Well, can I just suggest, uh, Dave, that we don't dwell on things untoward? That's not our go. We talk things up. We're not, not going to make fun of the Southern Thunder because of their name. Why we would just we do not, that? And, you know, can I – this is heading into the uh, the, in the Perves and Sicko area for mine. It is. It and is. we don't dwell in that We area. don't do that. We go in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean – We call out Perves and Sicko. We do. We do. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, there are some people who dwell on that sort of thing. Yeah. And there's probably plenty of radio stations yeah. and podcasts. Go, go to a club on a Saturday night and someone will come out, you know, on stage and give you that sort of stuff. Don't they? Well, let's get but, but we don't. No. Uh, this comes from Ken. Before I get to my main point, I would like to touch on the issue of the possible Hobart Cenotaph obstruction and any RSL reluctance to relocate. Yes. Yes. I would like to point out that over the years, the Anzac Test has been played as early as the April the 20th and as late as May the 9th. If the Rugby League Anzacs can show that type of grit, determination and flexibility, I'm sure the RSL can work with the relevant authorities to ensure the legacy of the Anzacs and the Anzac Day Test lives on. I, I think he's suggesting that the RSL in Tasmania could be a little more accommodating to the stadium and incorporate the cenotaph into the stadium structure. I get it. Now, is the Anzac Day test still a thing? No. No. It's been off the It agenda. came and went, didn't yeah. it? But it was great when we oh, had it. Oh, it was incredible. I loved it. Incredible. That trophy. Where is that trophy? Yeah. I suppose that'll go into the War Memorial. I suppose so. Canberra War Memorial. Well, that'd be the best spot for yeah, it. Yeah, it would. It would. It's historic. Yeah. In the Brick with Eyes room. Just the, the brick with there. eyes room that is the big Glenn enough La- to have Glenn Lazarus room. It's big enough to reach. One of the very few rugby league players to become a senator. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah. Well, he's the only one. I the think. only one. Mm. Uh, now he says to his main point: How about a baseball stadium in Hobart? I think there could be potential for an outstanding facility 
dedicated to the our baseball backdoor heroes, the Southern Thunder. Well, and their performance at the recent World what's Baseball Classic. What's it going to do? Classic. This thing is this thing going to play other sports or just baseball? Well, just baseball is suggesting. My proposal would involve statues of all players and coaches around the outside of the stadium so people could admire figures such as Dave Nilsson in bronze. Well, I'd love to see Dave Nilsson. And if anyone's earth the right to be... In bronze. In bronze, it's Dave Dave Nilsson. I mean, he's been prosecuting and lifting Mm -hmm. Australian baseball... Ever since I've been born. Yeah, no, it's incredible. He's just been part of the landscape. Incredible effort. Incredible. He must be about 110 now and still putting in. Yeah, still swinging. He's still managing the team. I know. And to get fourth at the Worlds is no easy. No easy. No, no, No. not an easy task at all. Won by Japan in the end. I know, incredible. Incredible scenes. Delirium. Yes. Anyway. Happy rugby league to you and your families. This has come from Clinton. Uh, he says, uh, being a lifelong Sydney Swans fan. Yes. I was excited uh, for our opening game against Gold Coast last week. However, my excitement was somewhat dampened when I realised that Dermot Brereton would be providing commentary for the game. Yeah, well, that can put you right off a game of AFL. Dermot provided his usual nonsensical musings on the game and I tried to tune him out. Then a young Gold Coast player gathered the ball, took a few steps and was tackled and the ball bobbled out. Dermot then lamented the fact that he lost the ball and put it down to a lack of ball security. Oh, was a gog. Has Dermot been spending time with Bellamy or he's always been a fan of the greatest game oh, of all? I know, always loved rugby league. <coughs> always loved rugby but league. But I thought the idea in the AFL is if you get caught, you've got, you've got to get rid of the ball. Well, <coughs> ball security's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I mean, that's where you've got to have ball insecurity, isn't it? What I call that is phase shifting. Ah. You know, shifting from one ga- one code to another code yeah, yeah. in the call. It's easy to happen. You and I have done it. Sure. But if uh, the bloke had good ball security in that circumstance, he would have penalised he... for holding the ball. Oh, indeed, yeah. I'm not disputing this. I'm not disputing this. Right. Uh, has the uh, the lad who, well, I was just thinking maybe the ball security needs to be taught mm. to that youngster and ask him to think about where he wants to play. Right. Because maybe he's, he'd be better playing rugby league. Oh, that's my feeling. Yeah, good. So many AFL players I do see, I think, oh, gee, wrong code. <laughs> Especially in Hawthorne yeah, at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, yeah, they're all rugby league yeah, players. Yeah, West they? Coast, Frio, a lot of wrong coders there. Uh, now, Liam from Canberra here. Hello, he says, happy rugby league. Today, that is today, mm-hmm. I had the absolute pleasure of travelling with the Canberra Raiders SG ball side to Leichhardt Oval. What? Hmm. SG ball the to SG like ball. A, Wow, yeah. isn't yeah. that a treat? Where we will be facing off <clears throat> against the Balmain Tigers in the last round of the SG ball season as a member of the coaching team. How does that work? I don't know. More questions than answers, but let's say he's right. <laughs> Whilst I'm clearly focused on the game ahead, I cannot help myself be distracted at the fact that I'm about to be in the presence of such a historical rugby league site. I don't know what to expect, uh, but I'm very much looking forward 
to seeing the toilets. Well, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? That's, they've probably heard all about it. Yes. On local radio in Canberra about yeah. their trip, the SG ball. I don't know how they've gone this year. No, I'd nor love me. to think they were top of the table. Yes. Given the Raiders won't be. There's been so little SG ball news this I know, year. I know, I know. <clears throat> I blame. I, Why doesn't Andrew talk about it on well, his program? Well, I blame Verlanders. Yes. Doesn't set the tone. He should come out and read the results on the steps of Parliament mm. House. Yes. Well, it should be published somewhere. It probably is. I yeah. just don't bother to go there. Uh, the one thing I do know, uh, he finishes off by saying, actually, is, uh, is that today is going to be a very, very special day. Yes, that's right. And it will be. Any, Maybe the weather is so bleak. Yeah. Any but that's trip- all right. When you're in the toilet there, it doesn't matter what the, you don't think of the weather outside. No, you, you just I'm think of the that's history. A fact. The history. Uh, now, <laughs> Marty on the Gold Coast regarding oh, yeah. Graham Annesley's comments on the difficult and complex multivariate linear programming problem presented by programming 204 matches of the National Rugby League. We talked about this last week. uh, 27 regular season rounds for 17 teams, including Parramatta. AI. He thinks this is a classic problem for solution by artificial Uh intelligence, such as chat GPT. Yes, yes. I haven't tried chat GPT, but it sounds fantastic. He says, I plugged in the prompt... Uh, generate an alternative draw for the uh, 2023 NRL Premiership season for 17 teams so that Parramatta never plays a team coming off a bye and it generated 18 solutions in less than four minutes. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? Wow. I tell you what, that's going to be a fantastic uh, program, HG, for those who do timetables in schools. Yes, that is good. That's all, that was yeah. always a nightmare. Yeah, timetable. For teachers to yeah. choose up the last term, essentially, sitting down trying to nut out who's going to go where and what, you know. I, I tell you what would be good is part of Hames' show to have an AI segment, segment where listeners or viewers yes. could write in or send in. <clears throat> yes. Text in maybe mm-hmm. a question for the AI to solve this week. Yeah. To do with football, obviously. Sure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Great idea. How many more matches would North have to win to make the top eight? Or that's yeah, you know, I mean I'm just thinking sure. off the top of my head here. Yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh just finally actually, Pete from Adelaide. Oh yeah. Yeah, we don't hear from Pete very often. But no, but very keen Very keen supporter. Mm. He says, I know you like to report on Aussies excelling in their sport. So I thought I'd let you know that Jason Belmont from Orange, New South Wales. Yes, I'm liking this. Just won the prestigious Tournament of Champions on the Professional Bowlers Tour of the USA. Ten pin bowling? I'm not sure if it's ten pin bowling or lawn bowls. Must be ten pin. Must yeah, be I don't think pin. Jack I is an American not a big sport. Thing there'd be, there'd be a, you know, boutique yeah. tour. Completing an astonishing comeback from 58th position at the end of round one to champion at the end of the seven-day tournament, Jason Belmont defeated top seed EJ Tackett. No, he's hopeless. God, he can bowl. Uh, beautiful bowler. Beautiful Lovely bowler. style. When his head's on right. Yeah. Sometimes his head's not on right and the ball can go straight to the gutter, can't it? Gutter ball specialist. Is E.G. Tackett. Anyway, to claim his fourth career tournament of champions title and the 15th major championship of his career, both of which are world records. The 39-year-old prevailed in six consecutive consecutive matches on TV, defeating three former players of the year and the most accomplished under-26-year-old player of all time. 
The victory has cemented the Belmont firmly in the professional bowlers' history books as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all time. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that fantastic for orange bowling? I wonder if there's a local... Tenpin bowling range at Orange. There must be. Where else could uh, could, uh, Jason Belmont... Learn the trade. Learn the trade. Yeah. And I bet you his role model was Baby John Burgess. Well, I was just going to say, Baby John Burgess would be over the moon. Remember, Baby, Baby John Burgess was the face of bowls, 10-pin bowls, wanting to make it an Olympic sport. He was. He did a lot of... Uh, Hell of a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, heavy lifting. But no one listened. Slam it shut. The internationally accredited garage door specialists can have your old rust bucket roller off the pegs and on its way to the tip in seconds. Give Brandon the cheese smith a ring and have him come around and let you know just how worthless your clunker is. Special blindside discounts throughout November. Before we go on, the outbreak of a code war... Yes. Uh, it does appear that Gus, don't let the door hit your ass on the way out, Gus Gould, uh, is in some sort of no speakings with Nick Polites, the boss of the uh, Roosters Rugby League oh, yeah. side. Yeah. And an unnamed person, which I, whenever that is mentioned in the paper, I always think of you, yes. has been involved in trying to get them to talk because they haven't been talking for years now. Yeah. How is that going? Are you able to get him in the same room? I know you suggested that I hit Gould over the head with a baseball bat and put him in the boot of a car and run him around to Nick Polite's place and dub, tip him off at the front doorstep. Sure. Which would have given them something to talk about, which were apart from rugby league. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But how is that going? And do you think that mm. do you think that there is some hope that we can avoid a all-out code war? Between well, rugby league and rugby union? Yeah, well, well, it's the Suali'i business, Suali'i business, that, that is generating this animus between uh, Gus and Nick. And can I just say to begin with, HG, I've known Gus for a hell of a long time. Uh, I've been good friends with Gus. Uh, worked with him on occasion. Well, we both have. Yeah. Uh, and we found Gus most accommodating. Mm-hmm. Easy to get on with. Very easy to get mm-hmm. on with. And the sort of bloke that you just love talking rugby league with. Exactly. And he's the sort of fellow who <laughs> Ideas. Just, he just loves talking rugby league. You know, once you stray off that subject, it can get a little bit awkward because he's not his eyes glaze over and, you know. But uh, if you keep it on rugby league, he's he's there. Mm. He's there. He's way ahead of you. Too. Way, well, often, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Often, often yeah. he'll anticipate the question. He'll say, "I know what you're going to say there." Yeah, about and very often he's honestly, right. Honestly, and right or wrong. Yes. <clears throat> now, Nick, poor ladies, Nick, I can call a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you bought a lot of cars off him over the years. Sure, over the journey. Sure, some of them haven't been very good. I have got a couple of lemons, but then again, <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't? And I don't hold that against him. You know, he's in the business. He's not responsible for every car. Well, I suppose he might be. But anyway, um, I, I don't. I don't blame him for for the bomb I got at a very exorbitant price some years ago. Anyway, he's forgotten about. We don't talk about water under the bridge. Water under the bridge because you love your league. Yes, there's so much more to talk exactly. about than cars. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason or other, Gus just cannot bear Nick, and Nick cannot bear Gus. Yeah. And individually, when you talk to them individually, you think they should get on like a house on fire. They've got so much in common. They love rugby league. 
they're involved with rugby league. That's all you need to know, isn't it? It is. But there's some issue there that I cannot get to the bottom of. I've, mm-hmm. I've tried with Gus. I said, Gus, what is it about Nick that you don't like? He said, everything. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? And I mm. said, Nick, what have you got against Gus? He said, everything. Mm. So, so much I in said, common. Got, got, you've got <clears throat> so much in common. You hate each other so much. Why can't we get together and thrash it out? Yeah, yeah. Both of them said, I'll think about it. Now, if they're thinking about it, that's great. It is. That's it great. Is. Because like <laughs> you, I see, I don't want to see a code war. Now, would you think an issue like Yanis mm. Lee, we don't know whether it's right or wrong, a yeah. forward pass, could bring them together? Yes. As in, we've got to do something about this. We can't my enemy's enemy is my friend. Yes. The enemy's enemy here in this yes, instance right. being, being whether a forward pass can be... Judge the forward pass pass anymore with certainty. Yes, with certainty. Thank you. Mm. Certainty. Yes. Now, surely certainty could get these two together Ah. because together they generate far – they're great in the sum of their parts. You put those two together and rugby league could go through the roof when you throw in Volandis. Yeah. (laughs) And I think rugby union – and I don't want to accelerate any war talk here at all, Mm -hmm. but rugby union would be scared – of Gus and Nick Pilates joining forces. Joining forces? Yeah. And I'll tell you when they'll join forces, when Sawali marches back into the ranks of rugby league. Yes. They'll be there, open, you know, obviously yes. walking in with both arms, big hugs. Yes, yes. But the question is, and Gus's point is, is Joseph Suwali'i going to be an advertisement for rugby union while he serves out his contract with Easts? Yeah, well, that's the problem. Isn't that's it? the problem, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Are people going to be thinking, oh, gee, looking forward to seeing him play? Well, I guess I am a little bit. It would be interesting mm. to see how he goes, of mm. course. Mm. And I wish mm. him all the success in the world. Mm. Mm. But if he doesn't believe in the values of rugby league and if he doesn't believe in the values of eastern suburbs, if he's not a genuine rooster, if he's not a genuine tricoleur, if he... He might as well go. He might as well go now. Yeah, yeah. the heart's got to be in it. Yeah. He just and can't I think a lot of money. rugby league people would nod and say, yeah, fair enough. If he walked out now, or if Nick Pilates did the right thing and showed him the door. Australians, you must always ask yourself, what can I do for Rugby League? The results will amaze you. This is Bludging on the Blind Side, ABC Radio. Just tidying up the uh, imbroglio between uh, Nick Polites and Gus Gould, the chairperson of uh, Rugby Australia, Hamish McClellan. Oh, yes. Who's my, as I understand Any it, relation? Exactly. Yeah. I hadn't thought that through. I hadn't thought that through at all. Hame on Hame, that's yeah. going to be the show, the big one everybody wants to see. After you boom, boom, Becker. Oh, yes. After you Phil Mickelson, yeah. third guest up, Hamish McClellan. Wow. It's going to be a show. It's a show. Hames. This is a it's show. It's starting to it? shape up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, he slammed what he described as thuggish behaviour of NRL figures, that's i.e. of shot for uh, Gus Gould, etc., towards Joseph Swalili uh, since the teenager signed with rugby and he said the 15-code man would take the Roosters star straight away if league doesn't want him, apropos of your question. Mm. Now, but then Gus fires back. Every time he scores a try, this is Swalili, mm. every time he does something in, our, in rugby league, people are going to refer to the fact that he's going to rugby. Yes. Why do we need that? Go on, go now and don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Right. Now, mm-hmm. McClellan suggested Gould's comments were part of a hysterical 
Right. Is that how you're seeing it? A hysterical, broader reaction from NRL figures about Joe's decision to return to rugby. Here's a young man who's bettering himself, who has a freakish talent and came by, came from rugby originally, and the leaders of that code are turning on him um, and Isaac Moses, uh, Suali's agent. It's quite thuggish in his opinion. Now, uh, we just leave all that for the minute. Yeah. This is the thing that worried me was McClellan yeah. said there'd been, he'd been contacted by an agent of another major player since Suali signing, inquiring about the potential to switch. The Rugby Australia chairman declined to reveal the name. Ah. Now, I'm happy to reveal the name here. It's Sean Bloor from the Tigers. No bigger name in rugby league right. is prepared to switch. Right. I mean, unless you've I heard I thought other... the suggestion was that there was a Wallaby who was wanting to switch to rugby league. I'm sure there are. But this well, was most the... of them would, wouldn't they? That's my understanding. That many, many of these clowns representing us at the moment. In the fruit, gold, gold, fruit and nut. Yes. Have dreams of one day playing rugby league. Well. <laughs> and that's their problem. That's the problem that rugby's got at the moment. Yeah, no one wants to play. No one wants to play rugby. Yeah. Apart from Joseph Solihi. Could he be that good, take on the world by himself? No. No. I, feel, I don't think so. Sure. Sure, but I wish him all the success in the world. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? And every time I see him, every time I see him play these days, whenever I see him in the street, I'm thinking rugby union. That's the problem, though, That's isn't it? That's the problem. Now, we come to uh, <clears throat> Bulldog Reynolds. This is a beautiful... The dream was almost over before it began for Josh Reynolds. Mm. What a great way to start this think piece. It was the last drill during a training session in Billmore back in December. Club speeder Blake Wilson had managed to get on Reynolds's outside. I tried to slice him down, then bang, Reynolds' hamstring snapped again. I thought it was all over. Reynolds said it hurt me because I'm a believer that you get out of <clears throat> you get out what you put in to things. But I wasn't giving it my everything. I never wanted something so much in my life. Then bang, I just thought, why does this keep happening to me? Is there ever going to be a time when something doesn't go wrong? I've always prided myself on effort. A part of me was thinking that if this is how it ends, at least I went down true to myself. And then mm-hmm. most people, even some at Canterbury, including Gus Gould, Gould believed Reynolds's days as a neural footballer were over. On a Sunday night, an idea born while sunbathing on the beach in Dubrovnik in Croatia last year becomes a reality. Good grief. What a great story. story. It's a beautiful story. In Dubrovnik, HG. In Dubrovnik, Croatia. Sunbagging. Wow. What was it? Sunbagging. From a $1,000 a week train, on, uh, train and trial contract to a minimum wage NRL deal, Reynolds will complete a six-year round trip via Concord, Harland, back to his beloved Belmore. I'm in the tears tonight, tomorrow when they run out. I know. I know. Oh, Lord. Wouldn't was... the eye of the storm, wouldn't that make a story? It would be fantastic. Yeah. Imagine the images. Yes. You know. Yes. When well, I was just, just the shoot in Croatia I'd love to see. I know. Just on the so, beach there dreaming. <laughs> when I was in Croatia, I was weighing up whether to retire or not. In five years since I'd left the Bulldogs, I had lost the love of it. Imagine that. That's what you were talking about earlier today, losing the love of rugby league. Well, he lost the faith, didn't he? I still enjoyed the game, but I used to love the game. I mean, that's the oh, fine that's the difference, line. isn't it? Yeah, big it's difference. The difference between like and love is Great gap there. I wasn't ready to give it up. I wanted that feeling again, that feeling that I only ever felt in a Bulldogs jersey. Yes. How must Hull feel? How must, you know, obviously Concord, I don't know what he's doing out there with the Tigers, I suppose. Yeah, I think he was. I didn't want it to finish like in like like that way I was going to, like the way I was going to. I wanted to finish loving it. 
You remember I was a lunatic, bro. You could see how much I loved it when I played. I want to be able to tell my kids one day I finished loving it. So to play first grade again for the club that I love so much is surreal. It's surreal, yeah. Well, it can be. It can be, isn't it? I just hope it doesn't go wrong. Yeah. Well, I do too. I it's do. a hell of a story. It, you know, many of the old boys, James Graham, Michael Ennis, oh, Grub Ennis. Yeah. He passed the grub work on to Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Morris have been supporting him in the background. They're always checking up on me because they knew what it meant to me. Yeah. They saw how I left and knew how devastated I was. They could see it. I'll never forget James Graham, Sydney's speech. He offered to take a pay cut. Did he? Re- you know, Graham offered to take a pay cut to keep grub Reynolds in the uh, blue and white. Wow, it doesn't get bigger than that, does it? That is an incredible that, sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I was doing a bit for them. You know, they wanted me to be one of the boys again back there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It was hard to think positive all the time when you didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I questioned it a couple of times myself and then I thought, gee, he does go on, yes, doesn't he? Yes, yes. He uh, questioned his love of rugby league. I'm he? loving it again. This good. is the good thing. Good. I'm doing more than I actually – I worked really hard. The opportunity didn't just rock up and get handed a jersey. I had to earn it. Mm. I had to earn the respect. Yes, well, is that? And my teammates. I had to earn the respect of the club again. I had to earn the respect of the suburb again. Did he I, come through uh, uh, re- reserve or ball? I or must have come through reserve. Mm. He's not going to let him down. Good. Now. Well, I can't imagine Grub Green. Uh, sorry, uh, Grub Reynolds letting him down. No. No. That's, not, respect, that's not his go. No. <laughs> it's not his go. I mean, he was born a dog, wasn't he? He was. I mean, Never if anyone had the, 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 the bulldog faith, it was he. I mean, if you were you were to say who, who's the greatest believer in Canterbury Bankstown values over the years, I'd say SBW first, yeah, because he left, yeah, and then Grub Green, because he on, left Grub too. Green. No, oh, no, not Grub Josh Green, Reynolds. Josh Reynolds, yeah, Josh Reynolds. It's just a sad story, and Why I just you, Grub Green wouldn't look. He wouldn't look out of place in a bulldog in blue... jumper. No, he wouldn't have to travel far either. No, the Giants back up to Belmore. No, exactly. No, that is an incredible story. I know. That I just hope people can get out there and see, you know, Reynolds' return. Now, is he on the run-on squad? No, it looks as though he oh. might be starting on the bench. Good. Uh, although, you know, I mean... Well, they... how much confidence? I mean, that's just a wonderful thing for the Bulldogs running out. What are they running out, today or tomorrow? No, tomorrow. They're the tomorrow. last match. They're playing uh, <clears throat> North Queensland. North Queensland. Okay, great. Acor. But imagine just the, 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 the feeling it's going to give those players running out there when they can look back over on the bench, sitting there... With a big grin on his face is Grub Reynolds. <laughs> hey? I mean, I, they'll be doing it. Well, even if he doesn't get on, they'll be no. doing it for him. They'll and be doing it for him. Of course they'll be doing it for him. Seraldo have something in mind? You know, get out there and just start grubbing and we'll be <laughs> right behind you? Yeah. Is that how it's going to work? I suppose. I suppose. But can you imagine the feeling if they have a win sitting in the ice bath with the grub singing Sing the, the dog song. League lovers, you want to own a horse but don't know how to get involved? Rooting King syndications can cut the red tape and leg you aboard a chestnut certainty in time for the Rural and Regional Cup Carnival. Speak to the rooting team, Weed and Bruce, at the blind side. Now, Roy, this is a very disturbing story coming out of the Central Coast. Uh, they've got a ban on nudity. Uh, on the Central Coast. They, uh, Do they? Surf clubs, surf life-saving clubs across the Central Coast are planning to ban nudity in change rooms. Yeah. Oh, in change rooms? Yeah, and, and I mean, 
they're not in, I'm not sure what their policy is, open air nudity, meaning yeah. outside the change rooms. They may be all for that right. in the Central Coast. But uh, the policy is uh, obviously being put into effect with letters of warning mm. after rinsing off after the showers fresh from an ocean swim. So normally people would maybe go for a swim, think I'm a bit salty, I'll have a shower. Now, some places... Often you can they have showers out, outside, outdoors. So yeah. you showers with your bathers yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, the, the difficulty has been that the uh, letters have been sent mm. saying people who have done the wrong thing, mm. meaning taking their bathers off inside the change rooms, have been breaking uh, life-saving club protocols concerning nudity inside. Right. Now, look, can I just say that, that this nation is blessed with great nude events. Mm. Uh, MOFO in Tasmania has a oh, great nude swim. It, it is, yes. it is. It's in the middle of winter and everybody comes down and hundreds of And every now and again there's a sort of sicko photographer who likes to blow into town and get people to take their gear off and takes photographs of them. Thousands of people turn yeah, out just to right. drop their togs in a communal fashion. That's right. Nothing weird about it. No. Well, well I suppose not, no. Then we have the what's known, I think, as the Sydney Skinny which is a nude swim at Balmoral Beach. I might be wrong about that, but the Sydney Skinny, yeah. I'm not sure how many... That's not for sickos, <clears throat> though, is it, is she? I haven't... Has anyone... I don't think so. I don't think... Lined I, those ducks up to see if there's any relationship between the willingness to do this and... Well, are you suggesting that, there's, that the Central Coast is a magnet for sickos and pervs? Well, I don't and know. That's they had to put the I don't know. In? But certain councils must feel that way if they're a little bit worried about people... Getting undressed in a dressing room. So, I mean, that, that to me is the most natural thing in the world. Now, come come to the chase here. Are we suggesting that the surf clubs in the uh, Central Coast be redesigned so a lot of cubicles are put in there with doors on them oh. so as people, if they had to change from bathers into street clothes, yes. would be able to do so without offending or causing attention <clears throat> or attracting pervs and sickos. Then we would have CCTV footage in there to make sure that all that happened behind the closed well, door of the cubicle. Who would monitor that? I mean, well, hang on a minute. You've got to involve the police here. Oh, the police. You've got police in that area have enough to do already. But if they're going to have to be on perv and sicko patrol, then it's going to get really weird when the pervs and sickos join the police force to have a look at what's going on in Changing. Because that'll happen. Jonathan, that'll happen. Now. But can't we teach this in school? I was going to say, exactly. How read my mind. You, you wrap a towel around yourself and then you discreetly lower the tog, or the togs underneath the towel, mm -hmm. and then dry yourself off, off a little bit before Putting slipping the, the underpants on or going straight to the shorts, whatever your preference Going commando. Might, yeah, whatever your preference might be. Yeah. And that's the sort of thing you can do if your technique is good you don't need a dressing room. You can do it in a car park or just do it on the beach. Now. Isn't that what should be taught, how to use a towel to... Like you, I think this is something for schools, but I am <laughs> mindful that some people have to go, love going for a swim before they go to work. Yes. So they might have to put on a suit. Oh, yes, fair Which enough. I'm quite happy And to you do. don't want to have a damp patch around the gusset. You don't. To, you that don't. you've got to wear all Say day. Say to a bank meeting or whatever yeah, it is. Sure. Yeah, That's right. Yes. Yes, no, I agree. Yeah. So but I can't understand what this is, where the thrust yes. of this policy comes from yeah. and have they thought it through? Well, because if you have a when policy... When did it become a problem? This week. So what happened this week to ge to generate this... Well, the ban had been in place for some time. Oh, how and long? Some, well, how let's long? say six months. Really? 
let's say six for months. six months you've never been you've, well nobody bothered to check on nudity in the change rooms right. but now of course people have gone in well, there someone's and, made a complaint yeah somebody's made a complaint I saw a saw a bloke take his trousers off in the change rooms Somebody has reported that, have they? As I understand, and now there's outrage, outrage across the community. Yes, they didn't know, but now they're all queuing up to have a look at what's going on in change rooms. Before they didn't care, and I've got to be honest here: is I bet you in the Central Coast area, hundreds of thousands of people, maybe not this week because it wasn't so warm, but last week it was a bit warmer, changed on the beach. Yes. So you know, this, gonna... I don't know. This this reminds me actually. I I read a report last week, and I don't know whether to believe it or not, that a, a a principal of a, a school in the United States had to resign because one of his teachers had exposed to the children an image of uh, Michelangelo's David. Yeah. And a couple of parents thought it was sick. Yeah. Sick. Sick. Yeah. And now, I, 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 you know, I've been to Florence. I, I, I've, I've gazed upon the image of, yeah. uh, of, uh, uh, of David. Did you know you were there with a bunch of sickos? Well, I didn't realise. No. To me, it just looked like a terrific sculpture and yeah, something that, that uh, it is. gave us an insight in the, into the yeah. Renaissance and what have you, and uh, I put it in its historical context can, and, and loved it. Now, can loved I ask? Loved it. There was nothing sick about it. Did but you? once you put the idea of sickness in someone's mind, it means a lot of those kids from that school where that teacher had to, or the principal had to resign... They're going to look at Michelangelo's David now and think it's something sick, yeah. <laughs> aren't they? Can I ask? Ditto with someone in a change room. In the you go into a change room to take your underpants off and put your cossies on and people are going to say, oh, that bloke's sick. I know. No. That's weird. Now, can I ask, when you're in, uh, in the presence of the David, did mm. you think the heady vibe mm. was because you were with like-minded sickos? Do you well, understand what I mean? Yeah. Before, no, you I, might have I saw myself a, a, with, with a bunch of other normals, and we just looked at each other. We looked at David Shaw, and then looked at each other. We'd never seen each other before, and just nodded like, yeah. "You're really good." Yeah, really good. Yeah, really good. Nice work. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, good yeah. chiselling. Yeah, <laughs> well, however you want to respond to it. Yeah. Where's this going to end? Yeah, didn't realise his yeah. hand was that yeah, big. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's just a little bit too big. Now, What's he saying by that hand? Are you I mean, nobody looks at the nether areas and no. think, pretty small. Yeah, that's the comment. That's the comment. But the fig leaf, did you assume there was a fig leaf on there no. originally? <laughs> no, because I think if you put a fig leaf on it, you think, oh, someone's What's six beanie. Nobel Prize winners who played rugby league. Lord Alexander Todd, Francis Crick, James Watson. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Obviously, Texas have pointed out that it was a woman who was pinged for being nude in the change rooms. Right. Uh, and the, someone was shocked mm, by that. She was in the right change room. Correct. It wasn't some no, weird, no. you know, mistaken identity in no. terms of couldn't read the signs. So someone went into the women's change room and was shocked to see... A woman changing in the women's change room. Wow. Now, signs that say no nudity in change rooms. If you're caught breaching this rule, you'll be called before the club's disciplinary committee, right. disciplinary committee, right. were installed, uh, you know, after complaints. Mm. Now, then we come to policing of this. Now... Are you suggesting CCTV footage is necessary? Well, I suppose so. I mean, the most elegant solution I can think of, HG, for these change rooms is uh, to have no lighting. 
so that they're completely dark, pitch black dark, so no one can be offended. Yeah, no, that's very good. And would you... And you limit the number of people that can be in there, obviously. And you yeah. and I know the area fairly you know, well. You don't yeah, one to, at a time. Exactly. You don't yeah, want to attract that, sickos yeah, so who enjoy... Darkness yes. and nudity. <laughs> and uh, there's a big lot of them around, I'm telling you. I think that's probably now, right. look, can I just say <clears> that <throat> it does concern me yes. that warning signs aren't put up, say, in the Carryong area, just to take that as an example. So you drive up the highway mm. and you come off a Carryong, big sign saying, if you're offended by nudity, there's a turning circle ahead and you'd be wise to come out. And the other way around is at the same point, mm. uh, you are leaving the sanctity of the Central Coast. Yes. You may encounter nudity and change rooms from here on, meaning right. in either direction, going north or coming south or going west sure, for that matter. Sure, sure. Could and I be warned. Could be I, warned. Could I suggest HG a um, <clears throat> a reproduction statue of uh, David Michelangelo's David outside every change room on the Central Coast? How would that go over? I think that'd be. Would terrific. that be seen as being provocative or offensive, or a welcome? Addition to the art. Addition to the art, and uh, as a sort of a lure for tourists. Well, Have steady, you been oh, okay. steady, you know. I mean, we don't want that sort of, you know, school teacher in Thailand rave. You know, oh, right. You know, uh, can I say I think I think that we have to have to be warning people mm. that these things are likely to offend, or these areas are likely to offend, and swerve them around it. Yes. Uh, and don't go on the beaches because you may see somebody doing towel work. Yeah. Oh, true. Uh, true. True. What about a change room you can drive into and so you can change in your car? Well, I think Would that's, that be acceptable? Well, you see, what worries me is you've given the council another idea mm. to think, well, the Surf Lives Aiding Community, sure. you patrol the car parks. Yeah. You can't change in your car because there could be an accidental, you know, opening of the door at an inconvenient moment. Oh. Or, you know, you couldn't yeah. guarantee no. that you'd be able to get into... And people would see people wriggling into clothes and saying, oh, go and have a look at what's going on there and be shocked. What about a monitor provided by oh, the, local, the local uh, life-saving community? A... And they just sit in on a, on a chair. Look, I, I noticed when you, we were talking about the Uffizi Gallery where uh, the David, Michelangelo's David statue is, often you'll find an attendant sitting on a chair Nearby, and not creating any offence, just keeping an eye on things to make sure no one gets out a chisel and tries to knock off the knock off this whatever offensive bit. Yeah, sure. Um, what about can I suggest a lifesaver sitting in stop each go lifesaver? A stop go lifesaver? Well, just someone stop, who can monitor go. to make sure someone's getting changed in the right way, or can maybe make a comment, or don't pants do a up, like pants that. up. Yes, yeah, yes, or. Keep that towel wrapped around. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure the towel's there when you drop it. That's it, mate. You've done well. All right, good on you. Full marks. How'd you go? Enjoy your swim. Would that work? Well, I think the, I think the clubs, having raised this, have to put in effort mm. to prevent it from becoming a problem because... People from overseas love that. Have heard all about the Central Coast. They haven't heard about the ban. Are we going to have signs on Qantas planes coming in? Be warned. Going to the Central Coast. Mm. 
because a lot of people on this flight probably want to go up to the Central Coast, the whole McMaster's Beach, you know, Cool Care, oh, yes. Copacabana, big magnet. Maybe some of people will be staying in Airbnb. Be sure. warned, nudity is not acceptable. Now, what if this, uh, this sicko bloke with the camera who likes shooting people in the nude and they turn, oh, yeah. turn up en, en masse often... Oh. What, oh, no. Is that going to be possible to happen on the Central Coast? You, that's what's the first thing that's going to happen. Is of course it is. It's going to be a lure, isn't it? I mean, a that, lure, that, that, an absolute lure. A red rag to the that's photographer that's and that's the, I don't know and the name, community. He'll, he'll be up there with his camera. Won't he? Sure as eggs. <laughs> he'll be there. With a thousand other like-minded shikos and perps. <laughs> now, coming to the end of the show, have uh, anything left on the text line there or have you drilled down into it? The story that we haven't got to and we're very mindful of is this problem of not only does tennis want to be number one in the world, but the reverse is happening with swimming. You may notice this week that uh, Summer McIntosh... <coughs> oh, the uh, Canadian. The Canadian... Wunderkind. <laughs> ...broke Ariana Titmus's 400-metre world record. I thought that would stand for years. Or, or if anybody broke it, she would. Yeah. Ariana Titmus. Now what's happening is that... Sydney sprawl, or any suburban sprawl in Australia, has meant that there's been very few pools being built. Oh so as our dominance in the pool is now left mm. to a few ocean pools and a couple of Olympic pools yeah. with having to service hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. It it's may a, be a story a, that we come back to next that, week. It's the problem that hit tennis some time ago, isn't it? It is, huge. exactly. If you take the courts away, the standard is going to plummet, mm -hmm. and it has done. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe uh, some sort of acquisition of a lot of people have pools in their backyards that they don't use, <laughs> don't they? Or a website? Yes. <laughs> Again, to be yeah. monitored by you know people, locals in the community. They they know where the pools are and they know whether they're being used or not. Mm -hmm. Dob them into the local council, mm -hmm. then the council get involved. You know, put, and it, put it in order, an easement. And people can walk in whenever they like. Use and the learn pool. to change with your towel. Even if it's a small pool, at least you can practice your tumble turns, can't you? <laughs> you can. You can. And on that point, that's uh, we pack up the uh, bludging on the blind side card table for another week and uh, remind people that uh, if you want to try to re-experience the last couple of hours of your life, you can on the podcast, which will be available not long after we finish up here today. And uh, think that, uh, you know, there's so many issues in sports still to be cracked, boxed <coughs> and buried. On that cheery note, we ask you to join us next week for more Bludging on the Blind Side. Bye now. Stay tuned to Andrew Moore and his 15 hours of rugby league. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.